0: Hello, my name is Neve Brannigan. If you're a regular listener, it's lovely to have you back, and if you're a first-timer, welcome. Here on the Irish Film London podcast, we bring you all of the latest and greatest talent from Irish film, TV and animation, with recordings of live Q&As and interviews from our festivals and award ceremonies, as well as a host of brand new interviews, one of which I'm delighted to bring you today. In today's episode, Lara chats to one of our fabulous patrons of IFL, actor Mo Dumford. Usually around this time of year, we're running around organising our St. Patrick's Day Festival, full to the brim of shorts and feature films, workshops and Q&As. And let's not forget our day at our stand in Trafalgar Square, usually in the wind and rain. But we still have a lot going on this year for the festival online, so make sure to check out our website and socials for all of the info. But for now, I'm going to hand you over to Lara, who chats to Mo about everything from his new film Knuckle Dust, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, how he's been finding the pandemic, and how he got involved with IFL. So Mo, thanks for
1: agreeing and making this interview, and also making time for us. You are one of our I, patrons, so I
2: have all the time in the world right now. <laughs> easy peasy, <I'm> going anywhere. <laughs>
1: So uh, I'm the sponsorship director. Um, I haven't been with Irish Film very um, for very long. Uh, I was a champion, so I've watched all your films and been no. a fan. Actually, I joined during COVID, so no. um, which was a weird time to join as a sponsorship director because actually <laughs> that's immediately when everything kind of ground to a halt, and yeah. we didn't. We, you know, we've been for some time. We've been thinking about whether or not we would have a festival, and you know, and then discussing pivoting what does fest- what do festivals look like in the future and um, so our St Bridget's Day festival will all be online mm. and so will St Patrick's. Welcome to the team we're glad to have you. Thank COVID you that's so very locked. kind Welcome. of you. So how, how have you been Mo during Covid because uh, have you still been working and filming and acting and producing because obviously you've just set up your new production company as well. Um, what's it been like for you? Yeah, I've been
2: I've been good, I think Uh, it's kind of day by day for people these days, isn't it? Mm, Yeah, um, yeah. When the news hit, say last March, um, none of us saw it coming and then it just exploded and uh, you might get the odd request for a a self tape here or there or an audition there. And I kind of was like, oh, hang on a minute. No, 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 times have changed, times have changed, buddy. That's sort of secondary now. So with regards to acting and filmmaking and collaborating the way we used to be, it was sort of like that was kind of on the back burner, at least for the early weeks, months, because I at that time last year, I didn't think anything would be getting off the ground. And i was right. right. For the first few months, <clears throat> didn't stop them from trying. But uh, yeah, it was sort of a strange little feeling where you get to meet people Virtually for the first time, and getting my head around that, you know, and getting my head around the the introductions and the awkward goodbyes and zooms, and the uh, <laughs> and um, then you sort of see with acting and with the way things used to be that oh well, people are adapting. People are people are adapting to this new normal. People are somehow trying to make things work, and um, I, I guess what makes it tough talking about the now is the constant changes that are happening in ireland i don't mm. know what it's like for you over there lara but the you're told one thing one day the next is different and there's the anxiety with numbers and there's the the feeling of well, how do i create during this time is it is it is it right to be trying to create this time when, th- when people are finding it so tough so yeah i had an interesting year i had i had a year with just kind of letting Acting go for the first part of last year and having no problem with it. Um, it was easier then because it's it was summertime in Ireland or coming into summertime. Um, I was just looking forward to a, a, a Paddy's Day party, you know, and then pretty, <laughs> that went out the window. <laughs> and then
1: that went, yeah,
2: <laughs> that went out the window. Um, yeah, and then you know what? <clears throat> Being honest, I don't know. I thought things were going so, so fast anyway for myself, January, February last year, December the year before, I just thought it was so, so fast and I've been quite busy doing things that yeah, I enjoyed doing but I was uh-huh. here, there in 2019, I'd, I'd, I'd moved to London and uh, I was living in London and I just had happened to have come back here to Ireland when this all, when it all, you know, you know what happened and um, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, time to adapt you know and check in with one another um kind of rambled there that's that's <laughs> how I've been doing
1: did did you make Texas Chainsaw Massacre during Covid or before I COVID? did uh,
2: I did yeah that was oh yeah that happened that last year yeah
1: right that was <laughs> that's kind of I. that's your that's your most recent film right which is yet to be released I think right yeah yeah
2: yeah 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 that was uh I'd come back and my my friend, my really, really close friend, uh, Andy Tohill, who we did the dig with, he's uh, one half of the directing team, twin brothers, Ryan and Andy, and I think it was a few weeks before all of this kicked off, he said, right, mate, work in your Texan accent, we've got keys to a big franchise here, we recognise it. You, you haven't had a chance in a, an American TV or film yet and we want to take you with us, just get working on your Texan accent. So I was sort of gearing up for that. <clears throat> uh, and then they gave me the green light and I sent off the audition. And uh, two days later, all this happened. So I just put it on, uh, again, on, put it on the back, back burner. And that was shut down for months. Uh, the production was at, at a standstill. Uh, that back part of your mind that doesn't believe it will go, go ahead. And then about two weeks, three weeks beforehand, they said, right, it's going ahead. You're coming out to do the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And that was just like a, just completely random. It was so unexpected. So I, I found myself out in Bulgaria towards the last, latter part of last year for, I was meant to be there for six weeks. I ended up being there for three months. Uh, I went from being a sort of a, a dreamer here back in Ireland going, oh God, how, when, when am I going to act again? to finding myself in Bulgaria, being sort of saved by Leatherface, a character who induced fear and panic in so many people, but he gave me a bit of a break last year. And yeah, that was, you know, whatever this time has taught people, it's just for me, and I've had this chat with a lot of my friends, it's the opportunity of work when you get to do it. You're just so much more grateful having it.
1: And do also this. probably quite exhilarating, I imagine, oh. to get back to your art and then just oh. run and be free and almost lose yourself and forget about COVID when you're when you're in when you're in character, I imagine.
2: Yeah. Well, they had a lot of you know, you know what it's like, you know what it's like over there. You're living over in uh, over in LA right now. They were pretty serious about the whole thing. Um different mindsets about how ireland were dealing with it at the time uh how bulgaria were dealing with it at the time that was sort of like this little sweet spot of time this little capsule where you realize right. the Syrians were very very chill about the whole thing um you know we, we'd been skirting around and keeping the two meter distance and then you go over there and they have it had a different sort of um a behavior about the whole thing and then i met the americans and. You sort of saw where they were coming from, you know, no sooner did they tap a card at a card machine and they'd be wiping it down. And I hadn't seen that. So it was a mixture of things. And and in there, in that, then you had uh, the opportunity to work and just, oh, oh, it was, it was exhilarating. So exhilarating. And my first American movie and how it came about, I don't know. I just life, life has been so random and life. I kind of tend to have done things backwards or got in a door like, a movie like that the back the the back door if you get me and but yeah it was uh, I I really relished it
1: how is your Texan accent though
2: oh well you know
1: (laughs) it's such an iconic character I mean it's such a cult character cult film were you were you nervous were you I mean it's a big legacy to take on and, and you're an yeah, Irish you, actor, yeah, Irish actor forget, playing a Texan.
2: <laughs> yeah, if you forget all the, the seven sequels they did, it's a big legacy. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: That was a comfort in the back of my mind. It can't be as bad as the other six they did. But um, my Texan accent, when I was into gaiety in the drama school here in, in Dublin, my best pal, one of my best pals, Mark... We'd have a smoke outside and he used to always slag me because he said, I guarantee you, as soon as you get your first American role, your first line is going to be, you ain't from around these parts, are you? And lo and behold, <laughs> I came into work one day and there was a rewrite and it actually said, this is no spoilers because it ended up being cut anyway. But the line was there, my first scene, you ain't from around these parts. And I was
1: like, oh.
2: you have to laugh.
1: <laughs> so Bulgaria, a Texan Bulgaria. uh Ever been to Bulgaria before? Um.
2: I'd never I'd never been there. I was so, I was so excited um, being on the plane, getting out. I brought my little cowboy hat and then I realized it was the last place you want to wear a cowboy hat. <laughs> out like a sore thumb. Um, so, so excited. And uh, I got to meet like, just in, the people on the cast were so, uh, people I'd never met before. And just, you know, what I enjoy from work is the people you meet. And the, the collaborations right. you make—it's all about the people I meet. So, I met one guy called Jacob Lattimore, and he's this superstar. He's an R&B star singer and an actor. He was in a um, Detroit with oh. with our own with our own Jack Rayner. So that was our sort of connection. I was like, "Here, you know Jack," and he loved Jack, and you know Jack's mad about him. So I I I really bonded with Jacob over there, um, and and yeah it was it, it was an adventure it really was yeah.
1: so when does uh, when is the release date
2: um who knows it, it, with with everything going on, on on h and i you know i wish i'd i'd love to have an honest answer i'm not i'm not <laughs> um, i just no, it's have... okay
1: i usually ask the same of other people and they're like well we're not sure you know, I, and...
2: but what, what i mean is like um it's it's sort of gas looking at the world now with films and going all the word of of hbo max and Digital and I mean I, this time last year I was just looking forward to seeing the new Bond and I'm still looking forward to seeing it you know, um but things are getting delayed movie after movie I do think cinema's changed the landscape of film has changed now whether we whether we like it or not, uh and and I what I mean by that is whether whatever time things do get back to normal viewers and audience have gotten used to the comfort of their homes. They've gotten used to the comfort of their their screens. They've set their apartments up to be mini cinemas now. So people have gotten used to that. So regardless, when things will come back and cinemas will open, people have gotten used to it. So yeah, I, I see it being a bit of both cinema and and digital. Um, but it was kind of incredible seeing their marketing on this movie because it's it was legendary. You know, their their recent movie is Kong versus Godzilla, and you know they've got and and Dune they've just did Dune you know um so I'm pretty sure they'll come up with some sort of a plan for this and <laughs> um, I have no expectations because I can't I I cannot have any expectations of what you know it was a great experience uh but at the end of the day I was with my really close friends the people who who I collaborated on on a movie that was the lowest budget movie I've ever been involved with. And, you know, something I'm really proud of that we made for next to nothing on a a field in County Antrim a couple of years ago. And um, here I was out there with them, it was magic. It was a dream. It was an absolute dream.
1: So you're in Ireland now, obviously. So where do you go next?
2: I don't know. I couldn't tell you, I haven't a clue.
1: But you don't yeah. mind. You'll just go wherever you go with the flow and go wherever
2: to. you... you got to gotta do this. I, I, I don't know. Um, in relation to work, you mean, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm working um, with... You see, I find, as well as agents, as well as opportunities <clears> from like auditions, and I've always said, and, and it's not necessarily, oh, hey, give us a job, will you? It's more like, keeping in touch with people. and um, mm-hmm. I find, like, I'm wearing a T-shirt here, my friends at Richard Harris Film Festival. And we're going to
1: talk and, about that T-shirt yeah, in a minute.
2: Yeah, but... yeah, and and my friends at Fastnet Film Festival and my friends at, at Irish Film uh, London. Uh, Kelly has always provided that sort of... <sighs> ..opportunity to interact with people. So that's kind of what I believe in. So when you're asking me what, what I'm up to, I've made... Um, connections with people that's just kind of progressed naturally over years Um, one of the guys I'm working with right now in a story we're rehearsing today we're working every day on mapping out a story and that's keeping my head sort of in the game and focused but I met him in a gym uh, two years ago and uh, not only did I meet him in a gym but I I found out all about it because my friend Terry who is a mentor to me Terry McMahon did Patrick's day. He was a mentor for this guy, Ben, Ben Conway. And uh, Ben came up, made his introductions. And I just said, you're Ben Conway. I've read all of your scripts. So I, I read like five or five of his scripts before I even met him, you know? And that was years ago. And we just started chatting over opportunities to work together and stories. And, you know, that's what we're doing now during during the pandemic, we're just, yeah, with a few to work together. But um, I, I've, not, like, I've no definite answer where I'm going next, you know what I mean?
1: So tell me about Knuckle Dust, because Knuckle Dust was released on Amazon Prime over during, well, it's still available on Amazon Prime, I think, but it was it was released.
2: Oh, it's still up there.
1: Yeah, I think so. At least here in the States it is. It was released a couple of months ago, right? I think it was released yeah. in end of November, beginning of December. Yeah, that's right, yeah. That yeah. was pre-COVID.
2: Yes, that was... Um... November 2019 and uh yeah that was sort of like uh when Knuckle Dust came about that was sort of like a wake-up call for me going oh 2020 is going to be a really random year with with Knuckle Dust you know I I found myself fighting lads in 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 S&M gear you know and had kung fu fights with them in a corridor and I was like this is a sign of things to come 2020 is going to be mental um that was my sort of introduction it came about um it came about last year I was doing a a teaser for um a, a character called Dan Donnelly who was a Irish story that Brian Dernan was trying to put together and on the day we were shooting this this fight I got a call from my old castmate from Vikings saying that a good friend of hers is a writer director is shooting on a reasonably low budget to try and make something uh, a drama actioneer would I be interested and I kind of looked at the prospects and working in London and working with a team of people who I never worked with that sort of people before Um, and so yeah I got to meet the director and I thought it'd be something that a big departure from anything I did (laughs) <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> so yeah i did it for and, sure uh, yeah I, I i did it and again it was just collaboration um did
1: you discover honestly. the inner fighter in yourself no i mean did you have to train very uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. hard and long
2: yeah i you know i knew it was sort of some of it would be slapstick um and yes there was an element of training but it was also completely just random on my on my first day, I found myself on a on a train to a place called Bedford. And yes, it's uh, north
1: of London in Hertfordshire.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they sort of said, "Right, we don't have enough budget for you to do the training in London. You got to go out to Bedford every day." I was like, "I am in my hole, going out to Bedford, I, I, in and out every day. Put me up there." We're
1: on the Thameslink train to yeah, Bedford yeah. Then,
2: every day. So I, then I went out there, and there's about forty Bangladeshi drivers. And I look at my Google Maps and it says, I'm going to the, the Wing Chung Chun Kung Fu Farm. So I had to say to one of the lads here, lads, do you know where this is? And they all just laughed at me, you know, there's no such place called the Wing Chung Chun Kung Fu Farm. And lo and behold, we traipsed across the fields of Bedfordshire or wherever, on, on a farmer's field. I was like, hey lads, do you know where this Kung Fu Farm is? Like, oh, you are you what, mate? The Wing Chung Chun Kung Fu Farm. And uh, we found it about an hour or so later. On this his little shed, and the stunt coordinator came out, Peter Pedrero, you know, he'd done things like Bourne and all of that, this is his place where he's training. Oh, and right. inside, inside waiting for me, for my series of days when I got my arse kicked every day, was Sebastian Foucan, the free runner, the guy who founded Parkour and fought Daniel Craig at Casino Rail and the crane sequence. And so I trained with them, and it was just, that was a joy in itself. That was so, so unexpected. So yeah, the, things came out, but inner fighter like Sebastian's just like he's he's an incredible incredible working with them yeah it was it was it was exciting but completely random <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean fighting learning to to fight actually learning the art is not about learning to fight is it it's all about control and just using the tools in a controlled way in the right way I guess do you feel like you could use them outside of the film now or have no, you just forgotten everything <laughs>
2: no I, you know it's, you do it for the job I mean I've done a lot of that with Vikings and I love doing and I really really enjoy it and I loved working with the, the stunt teams and Peter Pedrero but um it's sort of like a dance and I'm not the best dancer so I really have to take my time and just learn the steps mm. and me and Sebastian were getting very excited even though he's done so much in his life um, we would still be very excited and go through the moves fast. So the trick was to go through it slowly,
1: you know. <laughs> Map it uh, out. So I mean, it's quite div- it's a quite a diverse range of films, right? So Knuckle takes T- Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Rosie, uh-huh. The Dig,
2: yeah.
1: A B Huberman series. Yeah, yeah. Is it the person, the director, the the, the writer that attracts you to the? Um, to the projects that you do? Or is it is it the storyline? Is it the script? Is it someone that you know that convinces you? Well, I'm, I'm asking this question, especially for uh, some of the younger actors, the aspiring actors. Mm. How do you go about choosing the things that you will devote your time to?
2: Uh, it's Pretty much a combination of, of your agent or when that's not the case someone who recommends you for a job or a, a writer you happen to meet and say oh wow I, I really like the sounds of that and uh, I got a couple of jobs during that year of say uh, Rosie and Dark Lies the Island which came about I've never said this but came about via Cottle Waters the cinematographer he sort of mentioned there was a job coming up and I would ask about it and um, uh but what 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 draws me to the work sometimes it's just chance and sometimes as an actor you you spend a lot of time out of work and you just want to have a job so in the early days it was just doing the job doing something you haven't done before um because you're lucky when you do get the work and as you get get a bit older uh can kind of choose and see how you know who's who's working on what story but I, i don't know when i when i got out of vikings there was sort of a a group of people i wanted to to work with and their stories were pretty much uh touching on irish society and what we're like as a culture and some of them dealt with history of ireland but a lot of them dealt with some sort of incarceration or other and uh, whatever happened how i managed to be part of those it was just um something that interested me, really. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was Terry about with Patrick Day, you know, just with what you're saying about for young actors, I I, I really struggled to get work in the area. I really struggled. I got out of drama school into gaiety. Uh, I was assumed to be father. Again, doing things sort of backwards in my life. I had my agent. And things weren't coming my way, things, I'm, I'm talking about making choices, but it doesn't just happen like that, it's a lot. Acting's tough, it's a great job if you're getting roles and getting the work in, it's a cushy job. When you're not, it's so debilitating sometimes, meeting others, them asking you what you do if you're not getting the work, it can be really tough. So. Um, there was a website called crooked house and I was to put myself forward for all of the available short films that were up. It was a free website that was, I don't think is no longer running, you know, they have different things now spotlight, but I put myself up for that. I wanted to get as much acting on camera experience as I could. Um, I love the gaiety, my acting school, I went to, I was with a group of open-minded people. Um, it was a big difference from where I'd come from in Waterford. Um, and I just wanted to follow my heart. And I just didn't want to give in to people saying, you can't pursue acting. I just wanted to keep doing it. There was something that was driving me. And I, I realized from when I kept fought, fighting and going for Rose, and eventually it, it clicked with Terry, um, that there's really, really great people out there in Ireland on the scene, writers, there's really, really, I mean, looking at some of the films, this is a roundabout way of answering your question, but looking at some of the films coming out here, looking at some of the shorts I've seen online recently about up-and-coming directors or actors, first-time directors. There's something about being Irish. I don't know what it is. There's something about our story. I mean, collectively, and uh, there just seemed to be a lot of work at the time for 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 young actors and opportunities. So I sort of I got i got I got lucky in a sense, you know: um,
1: You got lucky, but by the sounds of it, you didn't sort of sit back and rest on your laurels and wait and, and you know you really went out there and and made yeah. connections and got yourself in front of the camera and did the work and, and I' think, it wasn't I think
2: all I think all actors that want to work, I think they'll all do that. I think they'll they'll all make the effort the The, the thing is that got me was not being able to get into some of the the bigger produ- productions the paid productions or the bigger roles or the better roles you know i found that early on it was i had an agent i was quite lucky in a sense to have that i know there's so many that don't but um the sort of gatekeeping attitude you know the 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 kind of custodian of the keys for roles. role it was it, it um it was it was tough to get in there in that aspect. So I did theater. I did a lot of theater, and then uh, I just got into got into film because someone wrote a script and he believed in me. You know, he put his neck out there uh, to cast me. I hadn't been proven or in anything, but Terry really fought for me. You know, he really really did, and I think that's that's a lot of actors are looking for that sort of collaboration be it a theatre company or be it a, a production company um, but you know what I what I learned from Terry I hope to always sort of keep with me you know the way he put his neck out for me.
1: Do you Have you built that kind of philosophy into the production company that you've set up? I can imagine that you know obviously uh you, you've obviously set up your own production company for a reason is that because you want to incubate your the scripts that you want and the themes and writing that you're interested in or uh yeah, and all,
2: all, all of that but also it's, it's with my best friend who I met in the gaiety David Fennelly and uh I know how tough it is for actors to get jobs if no one knows them and I know how hard it is to get stories up and running and basically our intention of setting it up was to uh hear from writers who have ideas to collaborate on ideas that we're interested in and uh and get them up and running so yeah we've we're working with a couple of writers now on ideas and we're sending our 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 scripts or our first first drafts to film festivals and uh um uh, it's basically to collaborate, just to collaborate. That's it. I, we put out a, a post online and we got over a thousand emails. that's I'm not lying. it was over a thousand. And I think people sort of when they read the word production company, they probably some of them thought that I was setting up a film studio in Dun Garvin or something. <laughs> you know, but production company to me is we're setting up a name. We want to hear from writers and uh, j- just the sim- simple thing of collaborating. just. Sharing stories—it's like what Terry used to say to me. When people trying to find work, you want to find work. Go out there and fill it Go out there with your your phone if you have to find find like-minded people who are into the same stuff as you. So we've heard from writers. I've so much time during these COVID days, but you know, I, we 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 have a small group. It, the number isn't large. You know what I mean. The number mm. isn't large with the people we're working with. So we, we've narrowed it down to uh, to a couple of writers. Yeah.
1: And so these—you're uh, reviewing scripts for shorts or full feature films, or
2: we're—we're—we're—we're—we lo- or... we're, have a few shorts, and our aim is for a feature. Uh, we had a couple of requests for TV shows, but that's honestly not where we're looking right now. Uh, We'd look at more shorts because shorts and Dave's, David's taste—I uh, think we're just suited for starting off with that now. Yeah.
1: You know? I have to say that, you know, based on the quality of shorts I've seen through Irish Film London, I think that I have to agree with you that there's something, I, 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 some of the shorts I've seen have been amazing, have really moved me and and really resonated with me. Um, your short actually, Pat, is on currently being shown on Aer Lingus uh, flights, actually. Oh,
2: great.
1: Well, as, as, as far you, as I, I understand.
2: Hope, I hope the essential travellers will enjoy it and all of the people
1: <laughs> we uh road, we maybe. we had it at our, the reason why i mentioned it is because we had it at our festival and they uh they came to us or they came to kelly and asked for a recommendation as to which films the shorts they could show in flight and so pat is one of them and uh we had on my own which is also being shown on, uh, on my
2: own is a fantastic short. On my own is, is I have a lot
1: of love for On my own. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh great. Well the, there's the English connection there and but this is a this is a good one for you. The the writer of On my own, producer and actor, he's he's one of my closest friends as well. I met him. On Lee, Lee Hunt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's one of my closest closest buddies and uh, it's a beautiful short and he put his heart into that and you know what I saw it's coming on Aer Lingus only last week and uh I think even now more than ever that short would resonate with a lot of people it's a beautiful short I'm really proud of him um yeah I met him on Vikings <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah do you think maybe that you will start uh double hatting so obviously you're an actor first and foremost but do you think that you know creating this let's call it collaboration platform um you might try your hand at producing or directing
2: yeah, well, I, I, I'd hope to. Um, I'm already kind of getting into the producing side. And, and, you know, producers for me, I'm not really known as a producer to acting, and I don't want to try too hard with the producing. If I can be of a help, if I can use the gift of the gab, that's my idea of producing. If I can come on and get a location or get an editor or help cast, or i go, here, can we can we crash your salsa dance and film while you're doing it? I've done all that, you know. Um, uh, so, yeah, there's a... Uh, this feature I'm doing with my friend, I'm on the producing end of that as well. So hoping to, but um, the likes of the likes of Irish film, London and that kind of the reason I love it. And the reason I love going there from day one was I remember I was, we would screen Patrick's day in 2015, I think there, and it was in a uh, Kilburn. It was in that, in that cinema in Kilburn. And, uh, it was our last hurrah for Patrick's Day. So we'd been around the world with it. And I had a bit of growing up in that year or so of uh, festivals. And London was our last hurrah. And I just presumed, how dare I, but I presumed that it would sort of be haughty-taughty of a festival. I don't know why. Because <laughs> I'd never been there before. And uh, I was at the Isle of Wight the night before. I was staying. I was camping. I was with... I was with Kerry from Patrick's Day with our kids and we'd screened Song of the Sea in the tent on a projector. Most amazing screening of the movie for just the kids that were in the tent, they loved them. And the next day we we got the train to Irishville Film London and uh, (laughs) we had shared a bottle of wine on the train and by the time we got there I was a bit gee-eyed and uh, myself, Terry and Tim, Kerry, we made the decision to... We were already on a stage in the cinema, so we were already on a r- r- rose-risen r- platform and Terry had the idea to just sit hunkered on the ground, and kind of be eye level with the audience, that was his reason, but I thought it was because we just couldn't stand up. <laughs> and the, the poor lady who was hosting, it was disgusted with us, you know, absolutely disgusted with us, and it's there sitting there, and I was trying to ream a sentence together. The audience were just so involved, so warm. And I was like, oh my God, this is so not what I was expecting. I'm an idiot. I can hardly swing a sentence together because they just want to hear from the Irish. These are probably expats. Some of them aren't into film. Some of them are into the film side of things, but some of them just want to see a story, just want to stay connected. And my aunt, who I've just did a, I was on the phone with there. My aunt was in the audience, my cousin who, you know, I've, I've a big, strong connection to England with, with, with my family, living over there now. And I just had to make a point of going over there every every year after, because I was like, it's not like other festivals. There's a community there which thrives on just, on culture, you know? And that's, uh, then I met Kelly, and the, the woman was raving mad at us. She was like, how dare they? And Kelly was trying to play it down going, oh, they're the drunkest, drunkest people in the pub, but they meant no harm by it, you know? Mm. <laughs> and, in, you know, in that moment, I sort of got, I saw Kelly and I was like, wow, she's, she's something. She's amazing because how she facilitates the audience and that warmth, there's always a laugh. There's always a laugh in the Q&As in our... Always. London, you know, always. Always. <laughs> I, you know, I'm trying to seam it together here, but... Uh, I had a pub when I was growing up. It was the first pub I drank in when I was a t- teenager. It's called the Park House. And my best friend used to own it. And uh, I grew up in a pub as well, so I kind of know. I know the ins and outs of pubs and the trade. But the reason I love this was there was, a, there was an element of ease. And people from the top of the town would go there every Friday and waltz about the place. And it wasn't a posh place or a sort of well-to-do place. Uh, but everyone would go there and just feel that they could relax and be themselves. And I was doing the walk from Hoth one time and I stopped in at this pub, the Summit Inn. You ever been there? Summit hey. Inn? Well, Kelly's family run the Summit Inn pub, I just found out. Ah. There. And her mom, Mary, has been in the family for years. And it has that same sort of feel where it's it's real. There's character in the place. Mm. and i don't know what it is but it's sort of like that when you go in there as an audience to irish film london you sort of feel that sense of ease that you're welcome that you're with like-minded people so yeah that's uh, that's why i love going back yeah
1: i think the warmth is 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 what differentiates irish film london from other festival organisations mm-hmm. um and i think kelly's philosophy is has always been and one of the reasons why i joined is that mm-hmm. She wants, she really wants the people that love film and love being part of that organization as members mm. to feel like they know the actors and they know the directors and they know the That's producers. And, they, and, and and so community isn't just the community of the people making the film. Community is the people watching and enjoying the film as well as the people behind the scenes. And I think she's I done see. that amazingly well over incredibly, the last 10
2: years. Incredibly so, incredibly so. Um, a big a big champion of irish film you know um she's 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 amazing she's amazing but again it's the 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 people you meet there about sharing stories you're asking about how do i how does work come about it's in places like that you know i've i've met people at in skull or in limerick at richard harris and in london be it kilburn or wherever and you meet it's who you meet afterwards
1: how do you think we keep that going though because obviously frankly obviously we talk about that a lot you know Mm. Irish Film London because what was central to our festivals was that being in that cinema together and being at being outside the the cinema beforehand and having a chat and having a drink and and you just all being together right and and we we miss it and and we know that there's a reality that we still we still need to we still need to share content. We still want to still want to champion Irish culture and Irish film. We still want to get people involved. But obviously the warmth is is quite difficult to generate online you know, or virtually.
2: You know, you, you you already know the answer to that. It's, it's it's sort of sad, but just have to adapt in whatever way we can. Whatever way we can. You are getting the warmth out there because nobody's allowed meet up, nobody's allowed to see one another. We can't go to cinemas, but the it, in an effort to keep it alive, the culture and the storytelling, the fact that you can get it out there digitally right now and share the stories, that's enough right now. You're adapting. That's enough. And it will come back. It, <laughs> it'll come back, you know. And you're already doing enough by getting it out there the way you are right now with what Kelly has done. Just pass on that spirit, be it Jerry Maguire. Good luck to you, mate. A big job ahead of you, but you'll be, you'll be amazing. Big shoes to fill. <laughs> hey, hey. It's Irish, you know, and we're sharing stories. We're adapting. I don't know how you're. I don't know how you're going to make an, an extra special, warm film festival, but you're all you're already doing it. And you hold me to this. We're going to all have a point in a in a cinema someday for Irish film, London. We're going. Gosh, on.
1: yes. Gosh, yeah. I hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. The gosh, last yes. one I had. I was going to. Was gosh, going to swear, but say? I thought I better not swear.
2: <laughs> Go for it. The last <laughs>
1: point I had. You know who it was with? Who? <laughs> Tell me.
2: In at Irish Film London now, Roddy Doyle. For did Rosie. you, did you,
1: for Rosie?
2: I had a pint with Roddy. That was the last time I was at Irish that's Film. London. F- that's
1: very star power, though, right? I had my no. last, the
2: last pint. No,
1: Neve will make that the headline. The no, last pint it's I had was prize. with Roddy Doyle. No,
2: don't, because he's going to hear this and he's going to take the mick out of me, like he always does. <laughs> when we were over in Toronto, I bought a suit, I rented a suit for him, and I came out to the suit, and Paddy was there, and Roddy was there, and Roddy just, she just, Destroyed me in a sentence. He was like, "You look like a farmer who's just sold his cattle at a market and is off to buy a rake of pints with the money." Do you know? But what was great was because it was in Kilburn, and I took it upon myself because I know the way people can be when it's last orders in a place in Irishville of London, and all the Irish are together. So I was like, "All right, now, folks," and I brought the gang of Rosie across the road to a place called the Bronze Age. I think it was really nice pub there in Kilburn. And I was so excited because I was like, I'm going to have a drink with Roddy. But we're only allowed these little plastic cups and they were half pints. And uh, the lads behind the bar was like, we're closing, mate, but here's a point for you, your mate, You mate. Know? So I had this little plastic cup and I gave it to Roddy Doyle. And I was like, here you go, there's a Guinness. And he looked at the Guinness in the plastic cup and he looked at the pub and he was like, is this the bleeding bronze Edge?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: All this talk about gin and pints definitely has given me a hankering for a drink. So if you guys are the same, now is the chance to go and make one. We really hope you're enjoying this interview. And also, I'd love to remind you that IFL podcast is completely independent. And Irish Film London is a complete non-profit organisation. So I would ask if you're enjoying yourself here or you enjoy popping onto our website and checking out all the films we put up for you guys to consider making a donation or becoming a champion. If money is tied at the moment even just spreading the word about us would be really really wonderful okay now back to mo
1: i want to go back to roddy and and rosie yes, because i yes. I told you i re-watched rosie and actually what i what struck me was um the relationship between you and sarah green's character is so very authentic that i wondered do you uh, you guys you guys must be you guys must be friends outside of work because you got I was I'm all in in your wow. relationship. I'm like these two really are married and they're <laughs> no no but seriously you know some relationships <sighs> that like the worst on-screen chemistry I've ever seen in a film is Hillary Swank and Jared Butler and PS I love you um like zero zero chemistry I did not believe their relationship at all um and that's a shame for Celia Hearn because I think the book is actually very good but 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 but, um for you and uh, for you and Sarah there's no question that the two of you are are in a relationship and you're (laughs) a mum and dad and you're you're, your partners in life and you're trying to do your best and you're trying to be the best versions of yourself and support your children and find somewhere to live and 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 so
2: I love her I love Sarah, I really do, I make no ifs or buts, I, I love her to bits, and she's a dear, dear friend, and uh, that whole year was, uh, I think it was like that. my, the year before all of this happened, it was a year of working with Sarah, um, I just tried to do my best for Rosie to come in on my days and be a believable partner, and she had all of the hard work, she had all of the reams of dialogue, and she, it was all on her, I was just, Tried to be there. And that's what I loved about Paddy's direction and, and and Roddy, how he wrote this, this character. It was sort of like in the in the wings or just standing by, just a, a protector. And it was very much in his body. Like I didn't have to say too much. So it was very much just that sort of guy. We all know that that guy. He was a quiet character. Um and look, working with Sarah, she's just so warm and it's innate. There's no airs and graces about Sarah Green. She is just, she's just full of heart. And uh, she cared deeply about the script. I remember, you see Sarah, and Sarah was in the same colleges as I went to the gaiety. She was two years ahead of me. And I, you know, I won't make any excuses when I was, when I was there, I was mad about her. I was like, my God, she is absolutely gorgeous. As, as well, she is be. gorgeous. That's surely, true. She's surely. still gorgeous. Uh, yep, uh, absolutely. And... Uh, then weirdly enough on Vikings we were cast as husband and wife in uh, in 2013 or so and uh, I'll, I'll never forget it you know I could hardly stay on the horse to save my life I was winging it and she had come back from her uh, makeup rehearsal or whatever and she was there lying in her dressing room I'll never forget it. And she was like, I heard you got on well on the horse today, hubby. And I was like, oh yeah, i got on, all right, yeah. She's like, you better stay on that horse now, we'll be back for season three. You do it, hubby, go on, you do it. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I love you. I'm in love. And then she she, she couldn't come back for the the, the following year because she did the um cripple Vinish Man, which she was Tony nominated for. um, And whatever, recast and yeah, we, we did Black 47 Black and on the when we were in Berlin with that, Sarah said that she just read the script for Rosie and she was balling when she read it, mm. and she she was all behind it from from day one. And uh, yeah, we 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 did Rosie together, and she yeah, it was a it was an incredible experience with with her and the kids, you know, and feeling. The like kids little, are amazing. I wanted to oh, talk to you
1: about the children because I mean, amazing. authentic. It's so very authentic. I believed. The two of you are married, I believe that they were your children. I mean, they, they, all three of them, they were just, they were amazing. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. Did Do you well.
1: guys spend a lot of time together as a group preparing for that?
2: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Paddy, uh, Paddy's a, a dad himself, Paddy Brenock. And uh, he just, he got the little moments, you know, that you see. He, he liked talking to Carl about picking up the little moments that were natural. There was one girl there, she was incredibly gifted at making these ham and cheese sandwiches. So she you'd hone in on that. And there'd been the other guy, little Dara McKenzie, who loved bouncing on the bed naturally. That's what he does at home. So Patty was like, Yeah, that you do that. You do whatever you're comfortable with, Dara. And yet, you do, yo, you do that. That's what you would actually do. And they sort of just fitted in around it naturally, you know. And um, yeah, Patty was he was I, I found it quite a, a challenge actually, um uh, Paddy was, is wonderful, he's so precise, you know, and Sarah, it was all on Sarah, and I'd, I'd come in and out when I could. And it was, for me, I, I hate trying to, I just wanted to be part of the story, not pull focus, but just to be there and give enough, you know, and um, yeah, Paddy was cool. Patty was really, really cool. Um,
1: so you'd work with Sarah again? Do you guys have oh any projects in the, wor- in the works together?
2: Well, look, I you no, know, we've known we've known uh, in the works together. I know that she's doing Frank of Ireland, a TV series that the Gleesons have written, and I know she filmed that with 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 Element up up north just before the pandemic and during actually when it was on a hiatus. But um, that's that's going to be great. That's going to be really cool. But I mean, I spent a whole year working with her. I was so lucky. I was like. Someone's going to pull this rug out from under me soon because I get to work with. I got to work with her for a whole year. There's was, was no one else I'd rather work with. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, playing playing partners in Dublin Murders. Then so yeah, it's was, it was
1: fun. So what's next for you, Mo? I mean, obviously you're 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 reading a lot. You're you're, you know, you're looking for the next short. Maybe um, you've just done just filmed just been in Bulgaria. What would you like to do?
2: Um, I am working on a, a script right now. I'm taking in stories from uh, myself and Dave are taking in stories that we're reading for uh, shorts and we're working on them. And, uh, and I'm working on a, a feature with some friends of mine, that, fr- that friend of mine I was telling you about who I met in the gym. And that's kind of keeping me focused. Um, but it's just, you know, to be, to be honest, it's quite easy to, to kind of just take the foot off the pedal and not do anything sometimes. Uh, oh, I 100% know, agree all, with you. I mean, we all talk about uh, what's next, but I'm kind of not, I don't know what's next. Um, you really haven't able... been
1: making sourdough starters or trying to perfect your banana uh, bread. Oh, or, I, right. I,
2: I I was, I had a healthy mix of gin and tonic and tiger king <laughs> in the first lockdown. Uh, to the oh, point maybe where you I could launch your
1: own gin mode. Uh, to the point, I could,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Dunford's fancy. Um, Dunford's fancy. I, <laughs> I, you know, I. <laughs> oh yeah
1: why not if graham norton can do it why can't you do it man such
2: a fantasist during the um maybe i could get into business with graham yeah i'd love that i'm just trying to see take take day by day you know there was nothing very much going on in the early days but i tell you there's what's what's sort of bizarre is there is a lot happening there's a lot of uh work you hear of happening around in england and in, in ireland and yeah, you know, I, I kind of saw the extent of what people were trying to control work being made over Bulgaria. And uh, when I came home, my friends were like, how many tests did you get? You know, yeah. ten. I was like, oh, I had 50. And I was there for three months at 50 up the nose tests. But that's that's what that's part of what people make a big deal. In that's part of this new thing that people are adapting to. I can't imagine how much money it costs, but it's part of it. Um, I I I I I don't know what's happening next. I just I I want to keep in in contact with these with these festivals. Um, Fastnet Film have a great scheme coming up the David Putnam Award. They're offering twenty grand for a short that's under ten minutes and uh, sort of focusing on this new normal. And uh, that's an interesting thing for creatives and writers. Um, I was on the jury for Richard Harris's new shorts the other day. I'm kind of looking over new shorts and. Um, seeing what's coming out of here, you know. Um,
1: Richard Harris was clearly, in, it was an inspiration to you. Somebody is one of your, one of your idols, I guess. Yeah, I see um, him on your T-shirt there.
2: Yeah, Zeb, Zeb, my buddy Zeb, who runs it with Sylvia. He sent this over to me the other day in the post. Um, it's a bit a size too small, so I have to wear the shirt over it. Or maybe on the size too big. <laughs> I can't tell. I can't
1: no, tell. You, degree, look very, yes. you look I'm very, you look very good in it, mate. I'm
2: having a drink with you and O'Brien's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're on Dunford's fancy, but um, hell, yes, hell yeah. But, um, yeah, Richard Harris, um, in- incredible. I'm actually just a big fan of Jared Harris, to be honest. Uh, I, think he's, I think he's reached to be on par with his dad right now. I think he's an incredible actor. Love watching him, his son. Um, there's also the element that when I came home during that sweet spot before Christmas where we could go for pints the fella at the front of house at this establishment in, in my hometown, he used to drop me home back in the day. He's an ex-guard. He said to me, So I, I suppose there's nothing happening in your line of work now. It's awful, isn't it? It's awful. It's terrible. <laughs> and I didn't want to get into it. I'm just back from Bulgaria, actually. And I'm just, well, I'm doing, oh, yeah, it is awful. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. For that mentality. He was like, have you ever thought of doing anything else? I was like, huh? have you ever thought of doing anything else? And that kind of dawned on me. I was like, well, no really, but it's an interesting question. But I don't think you necessarily have to think that way when the going gets tough. Now is the time when we're in isolation. Now is the time when things can change, things can happen. I when I was I didn't expect. I always dreamed that I wanted to be in movies. I wanted to play leagues. I wanted to play character roles, but I didn't have the opportunities. I wanted to. I put it out there. I put it out there. In my dreams, people I people I look up to, people who are heroes to me, like Anthony Anthony Hopkins. He's a big hero to me, and the power of dreaming and creativity and keeping things alive in in tough times. And I did, and I you know I believed it. And uh, I just think, let's not give into that whole mentality of putting ourselves down and thinking that we we don't deserve a good life, even though things are tough. We we can we can make stories, we can make magic. We just have to hear from others, you know. <laughs> that's what I believe. I do believe that.
0: And that's it from us here today. Thank you so much for listening. It was a joy to chat to Mo, and we're really looking forward to seeing all of the wonderful things he's going to be involved in and achieve in the future. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Simply search for Irish Film London on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. A final thank you to the Irish Emigrant Support Programme and Culture Ireland, who've been brilliant supporters of ours for years. Carmila Mahagut the irish film london podcast is presented and produced by me neve brannigan our interviewer today was lara who is our sponsorship director we're edited by owen Cliff, and our theme music is by kevin mcleod thanks again for listening happy saint patrick's day and we'll see you again soon